Hello and welcome back to the Peru Travel Podcast. I'm your host, David Kozlowski. Alongside me is Kevin Grow, And today, we're flipping the script. Typically, Kevin's. I'm usually asking Kevin questions because of the knowledge that he's got. And, uh, well, I was very lucky enough to go to Peru and get some firsthand experience. So we're going to talk about that for the next few episodes. By few, I mean, I think we worked on like 20, 23 different episodes. But Kev, dude, say hi at least, man. <laughs> What's up? How's feeling, it going? Feeling awkward here. Um, Traveling to Peru in the time of COVID. That's right. Yeah. Had to get it done because I had to, we had some important things we needed to do down in Peru. We needed to see David, Ryan community, obviously. There's a whole host of, of interesting things. So today's episode, we're going to be specifically talking about traveling during COVID, what it means to you, how to be able to get there, uh, what to do when you're there, what the regulations are constantly changing. So this is going to be part of this. Uh, when we talk about the current regulations, we'll be out of date. However, I don't think protocols and the way that they're treating COVID when you're there is going to change much. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It just, it's too ingrained in their culture right now from what I'm seeing that I just don't, there's, I just don't think there's any way that it's going to be like, Oh yeah. Hey, everything's good again. You know, like whatever. Um, and I, I will say they're very pumped about the vaccine. Nice. They, uh, there's a deal right now with China, I believe when I was there, it was happening. And, there, uh, the other day, also the U S they also really said the U S as well. Yep. That the U S is going to partner with Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Cool. Perfect. Um, so we'll see again, who knows, but I want to just be able to have this experience, be chalked up, uh, be able to kind of have you guys comb through it uh, and get a rough idea when they do open up this 14 day quarantine. And I want to talk a little bit about the experience. I mean, everything was kind of fighting against us for this trip, right? Like who travels during a pandemic? I get it. I get the criticism here. Uh, however, there was some circumstances where I needed to be in Peru and we can talk about that in later episodes, uh, with David mainly, uh, Ryan community, and then on top of that, we had some educators that we uh, were doing an educating Wincachi trip with. So uh, let me talk about day one. Uh, th- this trip has been pushed back multiple times. Finally had the opportunity to go. My work is so gracious enough to let me go down there and work for a month. Uh, and on top of all this, the day before we fly, Christmas Day, there's a bombing in Nashville. And that bombing delays our flight, which then delays our flight from, or excuse me, which then makes us miss our flight from Miami to Lima, where we originally were like, yeah, we're going to get in at three o'clock and like be able to get a good dinner before we travel the next day. We didn't. It was horrible. And get to meet the teachers before you actually yeah, hop on the next flight. None of that. No, <laughs> not even a chance. And our next flight the next morning was like 4 a.m. We had to wake up or something horrible. Yeah, that was my call. The one that's not going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was miserable. Kevin did basically handled most of the handled all logistics at the front end, excuse me. And uh it was definitely helpful. The second Kevin didn't have the logistics managed, boy, the trip became a nightmare to a degree. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't a nightmare. <laughs> it just it was very much like fly by the seat of our pants, let's see what happens, just because things were changing. I mean, the things were closed. Uh there was a lot of sites that we wanted to see that we couldn't see. A lot of things that we had planned to do that we couldn't do. So we just adjusted and course corrected as needed. Uh, yeah, I think that's what's going to be kind of the the future of travel in the immediate future, just having to be flexible. Exactly, and we and, COVID. and it really tests your patience. I mean, we had a talk about a group that didn't travel with us; they traveled with another organization. Uh, but one of our guides, Frank Davis' brother, uh, was on a, a hike through Rainbow Mountain, which is like a I think it was like a I want to say it was a week and a half or two week hike. Um, so they were out there for a while. Nice. Yeah, they were out there for, for quite a long time, but they ended up getting to this area outside of rainbow mountain and there was so much snow they couldn't continue. 
So I had to pack up their things and turn around. They ended up Dang. going to Puno. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. I mean, it's just kind of the nature of the beast right now. There's just not a lot of travel and all the foot traffic. And, um, and we're going to talk about what that looks like. So I'll tell you out the gate, get into, you finally get into Peru. The second you get into Peru, you got your mask on, right? And not only do you have to show proof of your PCR test, but you got to have a face shield on, which is very interesting on top of the mask. Uh, but definitely different than the U S for sure. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing, the whole experience is different. That's why when people are always, there's some people who are, you know, I'm not too thrilled about this whole like coming back to the country and have to do quarantine. It's not that I'm doing it right now because I don't have to, but the new standard is like you have to do quarantine. And the response a lot of people have, well, COVID's killing a lot of people. Sure it is. But some of these countries are handling COVID way better and way different than the United States is. And I'm not going to put my political opinion on anybody or anything like that because that's not, that's not what I'm saying here or my, my own non-medical. I don't know shit about medical. So I'm just giving my own experience here of what I've seen. Uh, but I mean, as Kevin said, the cat's out of the bag. Like it's, we're so far gone right now with COVID in the States. Um, putting interesting measures on, I guess, doesn't really, who knows if it'll make it better. We'll see. Right. That's probably the easiest way to. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much unknown. It's such a new disease. still. even now, even a year later, there's just, there's so much, nobody really knows, you know, it's still going up in, in cases. And when we talk so. about what nobody knows, we're going to talk about some things that I saw that I was like, I don't even know if this helps, but we'll see. Uh, so we get to the airport, it's dead, empty, absolutely nobody there. Bags come out, grab the bags, show proof of the PCR test, uh, go through security. Again, no one there. Uh, get, go through customs. That wasn't too bad of an experience. However, they were eyeballing me, man. Like, Ooh, funny story. And we're, I know we're talking about politics, it, not to, to get into politics. Kevin and I are very middle of the road. Listen to both sides. We barely pick a side in general. We usually just hate all politicians, so we're those guys. Um, but uh, one guy was there at the airport rocking a good old MAGA shirt a Meg, and a Trump hat. Mm-hmm. MAGA t-shirt, Trump Trump hat, and my brother is has joined us on this trip. My brother and, is from uh, he, uh, uh, his stepbrother. We have the same same mother, which another funny story. We were in Manu. Ugh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So many stories. Um, <laughs> this guy's sitting here Pumped with a mega shirt, and I'm like, what is this dude doing in Peru rocking this Trump stuff? Like, this is just, like, I, 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 me personally, I didn't think that anybody in Peru would like Trump. Later on, I learned a little bit more about Peruvian politics and Ecuadorian politics a little bit more too. Which, uh, excuse me, Venezuelan politics, which mm-hmm. was pretty surprising. But, um, anyways, uh, brother Emilio looks at me and he's like, or Marco looks at me and goes, "What, what the hell do you think he's doing here?" I go, "He's probably going to build a wall." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it, was, it was uh it, it was a funny moment. Do we need to delete that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, you can't have the humor in anything anymore. Nowadays. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think the guy was a bad dude, but you could tell he was a Southern country boy rocking a, you know, all this Trump stuff. And I'm, I was just kind of confused. I was like, well, whatever. Um, anyways, so we're in we're in the airport. We walk outside of baggage claim. And usually at this point, Kevin, as you know, this place is slammed with people, hundreds and hundreds of people, tax cab drivers, tour agencies, you name it. Everyone's in there and it's dead. There's zero people in the room and you go outside. There's no taxis. There's a couple off to the side. There's nobody. It's dead. Crazy. It's usually like jam packed, like balls to the wall. Yeah. Nuts <laughs> to butt. And there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nobody there. 
Um, super spreaders. Super spreaders, yeah. <laughs> it, it was crazy. So next morning, woke up bright and early at 4 o'clock in the morning. Thanks, Kevin. And uh, get our next flight off to Cusco. Same thing, having to wear a face shield. Because when you're traveling in a train or a flight, you have to wear a face shield and your mask. We get to Cusco, and there's David. You want to know the first thing David said to me when we got in the van? What's that? He said, you guys are the first white people I've seen in a year. Wow. First gringo, right? Yeah. He was just like, literally like, was wow. he literally made the joke to Frank and goes, because there was a couple other, uh, there was like two other white people on the, yeah. on the flight. And uh, he was just like, and Marco's not white, so <laughs> I'm the only white person rather, <laughs> nor was Camilo or Jose. <laughs> like everyone is Hispanic but me. Camilo looks a little bit wider. He's, he's, he's uh, I think he's mixed, but uh, it, it was so funny when he was just like, yeah, like it's crazy to see like a white person. And, um, tells you how much the world has changed, you know, just in one, just one country. Yeah. You know, I mean, big place on tourism and yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, I no mean, tourist tour- tourism obviously was supposed to pick up and now there's the 14 day quarantine. I'm sure it'll go back down. We've had inquiries about Inca trail, things like that. And unfortunately it's just like hit or miss. Cause the government regulation keeps going up and down. Right. Hopefully this vaccine helps, but, uh, we end up going to the hotel. You got to show proof through PCR test again. You got to show like your little visa thing. It's not a visa, but it's something like it. Hmm. Um, they give you like a like a COVID visa or what? What do you mean? They give you like a QR code. Huh. Like, um, yeah, I don't know if it was a COVID. It was something. What know. does the QR code tell them? Man, I, I honestly got don't know. Huh. I had to fill out three different forms of documents. One of them was all in Spanish, so Marco helped me. Sure. Uh, and it was just basically like, where are you going? What are you doing on the trip? Yeah. Da, 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 da. All right. None of it was used because the trip that I told them I would, was doing, I didn't do. And nobody said anything when I left. Huh? So I'm back in the States. No one's knocking on my door. Sure. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm a little terrified about it. Um, no, I mean, it, it, so basically as the trip progressed again, just strictly talking about COVID, um, everything in Cusco, very strict, uh, social distancing was extremely important. They have little circles on the ground now when you're like waiting in queues where you can't go past the circle. Hmm. You have yeah. to wait in there with your individual, uh, your individual, like, yeah, each person. Anytime you get on a bus, a train, got to have a face shield, any moving transport where you're in close proximity with people, you have to have a face shield on. Honestly, honestly, guy, by the end of the trip of that first week with Camilo and Jose, our masks were off in the van. Like, we were like, you know what? We've been in this together. There's no like it is what it is. Um, so in the van we were we took sure. off our masks. Anytime we left though, we we didn't we wore a mask. Kind of like a uh, they talk about the travel bubbles. We yeah, only go with certain people. Sure, or something like that. Yeah. yeah, what is that exactly? Um, there's, so there's an idea kind of going around of creating travel bubbles where, like, literally you do tours with this same group of people. Like you're not mixing. Sure, you're not mixing a match matching different groups into you know to, to limit spread you're always with the same person sure yeah i mean that's fair they they i'll, I'll do some high level stuff too here i'm just kind of showing telling you guys like what some of the precautions are that they have that are just very different than the states sure so you do have to wear a mask outside i know some states in the u.s do require a mask outside uh tennessee does not i it is it was like kind of scary at first when i walked outside and realized that people were in kroger the other day without a mask on or people are walking around outside without a mask on. I was like, whoa, this is strange. This is not normal. Um, go. Uh, so that's one. Uh, I told, talked about the face mask. Another one is is that be, the doorway, the entryway, which, man, I thought that this was like a Peruvian thing and I just forgot about it. 
doorways have three mats, two to three mats. What those mats are, one is full of water, and then the other one has got like a towel. Hmm. We spoke with a girl who is studying to be an anesthesiologist who told us that they believe, and she laughed, she thought it was hilarious, that people believe that you have the virus on your feet and you're washing off the virus before you step into the building. Hmm. Now, it's just water or is there something mixed in the water? I mean, there might be some sure. alcohol. But I mean, huh. and again, let me be clear. This is just third party. She could have been joking with us. Um, I don't remember cleaning mats walking into buildings. Do you? In the US? In Peru. Oh, no, never. Never okay. before. All right. yeah. So no, this, is like a, this is a COVID thing for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Just making sure. Um, anytime that you tran- did transactions with, with uh, cash, they were spraying your bills with... Hmm. Um, Hand sanitizer type stuff, like sure. a spray. Hand sanitizer, vice versa. They went touch your bills. Uh, they there were some rural areas that didn't wear masks. That was pretty evident. Sure. Uh, that just didn't. COVID didn't really ever reach them. Hell, I mean, they hadn't seen a traveler in over a year. Right. Uh, they and and some of that stuff was pretty pretty epic. I mean, we saw one white guy the entire time, which is a funny story about that. So he says one guy, James, right. I, this is so freaking nuts. Okay. Like, so we see James in, in Manu and there's a whole story with Manu. That's absolutely <laughs> freaking wild and crazy that I, I can't wait to get to the Manu podcast. It just doesn't even make sense how it all, all went down. Um, James has got dreads, he's got bearded dreads. He's a typical like hippie traveler. He's, he's going for, um, for medicine in Peru, ayahuasca, things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and uh, we end up eating food with him. He's he's a super cool guy, free spirit. Spend the whole time in Manu with him. This is how you know there's no travelers because one day in Lima, we're walking uh, in Mila Flores and Kennedy Park, and we're passing an alley. It's the only place in Lima where chess players play. I knew James played chess, but I didn't think I would. We were just walking by to go get dinner, right? Like we were just walking by. <laughs> And I look right, and I see a white dude with dreads. I look back at Marco. I said, damn, that's James. <laughs> and he's like, no way. Like, Lima's huge. Lima's yeah. massive. Yeah. And I'm like, let's walk around the corner, and we'll look back down the alley. I see the reactions of James, and it reminds me of James. And I'm like, that is James. We walk up. I go, what are you doing here? James turns around. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, freaks out. <laughs> like, he's like, what are you guys doing? And he went and ate dinner with us before he flew out. It was crazy. The fact that you're able to spot another person, it was just, that's so bizarre. Like, it was, it was keep in mind, Manu was like three weeks ago from the time that we saw James. So right. that's a long time. Yeah. James, like, traveled to Cusco. In a big country. Like, yeah, went to. In a big city. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> so crazy. Um, And actually, so another part of the COVID stuff is there was a curfew in Lima at 11 o'clock when we first got there, and then it went down to 9 right. p.m. Let me tell you something. You don't know how shitty it is, unless you're Californian or anybody else has a curfew, how shitty it is to know that you can't get food after 9 p.m. Oh. When you don't know, like, you don't have Uber Eats, you've got Rapido or whatever it's called. Um, what is it? Rap- it's like Rapid or Rapido. It's huh. kind of like uh, they have these little bike guys that drive sure. around with little food things. But, I mean, I don't know how to use it. Marco couldn't get his card to work. It wasn't working with his credit card. Huh. Uh yeah, dude. There were nights where like we didn't like we didn't know what to eat, know what to drink. Like we had we didn't know it was nine o'clock until all of a sudden like we didn't hear the news. You know, uh, 
super interesting. So he ended up had he ended up having to go to the airport early before nine o'clock because his flight was at two o'clock in the morning. Wait, what? Yeah, because curfew. He had to go the night before. He had to go the night of. His flight was at two a.m. or midnight, one of the two. Oh, but got he had to it. get there before got nine p.m. because of curfew. Yeah, I've got photos. I I put them on uh, on the, on my Instagram story that like of of Kennedy Park dead, like it it absolutely dead. The the uh, roundabouts empty. Crazy. You never see that. And this is a place that when you wake up in the morning, you're waking up because you're hearing cars beep. I don't live in New York. Never lived in a city. Crazy. There was this was a, this has to be what it's like to live in New York. Like all freaking day, it's insane. Nighttime, quiet. Crazy. It was eerie and weird. It's like the apocalypse. Yeah, it was. It was nuts. Wow. It was. It was seriously crazy, man. One of the nights, Marco and I were chilling, and uh, so we had this like rented this really cool flat uh, that like overlooked Kennedy Park, and um, super cheap. I'm assuming due to COVID, cost a couple hundred bucks. But um, as we were looking, uh, this this uh, this crew, cleaning crew, I don't know if they were just cleaning for dirt, but. There was in our heads, they're like, there's no way because this guy would have a bucket. He would have a, um, like a garbage can bucket, like the ones that you roll to the end of the street. And they would fill it up with this, this, um, material from a truck. And then he would take another bucket and he'd throw it, but it wasn't soapy and sudsy. Hmm. And another guy came with another truck and he was spraying the street. Hmm. I don't know. It was, it was different. Um, so I don't know if he was cleaning because they thought COVID was on the streets. I'm not too sure, but they sure. definitely took the precautions to a whole new level. While we were in Peru, um, yeah. Machu Picchu, and we're going to get a new episode about how Machu Picchu's changed. I've been to Machu Picchu twice before this trip. When we walked up to Machu Picchu that day, the bus was almost empty. No way. <laughs> we get out of Machu Picchu. I bought out a heart attack. David looked at me dead. First off, I'm freaking out because I'm like, there's no one here. There's not a line. It's always slammed. slammed. There, there's not a line. There's nobody. Crazy. David looks at me and he just starts laughing. He's like, this is insane. He's like, I've never seen Machu Picchu with no one. Man, I wish I was there for it. We were taking photos and no one was in them. Just wow. a security guard maybe here or there. Yeah. There's nobody there. Wow. No one. It was just unreal. Holy crap. I took this great photo that I was like, man, it's like I feel like I'm not I'm not that great a photographer, but I feel like a Nat Geographic photographer. Yeah. Because I took a photo of people waiting in line for the bus and they were all in those individual circles. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were six feet apart, each of them, and and everyone wearing masks and face shields. And it was just like so interesting. It was an interesting time to travel because, you know, I don't know. We didn't get COVID. Sure, we could have. um, But everything was open. We're like helping the economy in a good way because that's the other thing, too. I mean, this decimated the economy there. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean. Yeah. People hurting. Exactly. David and I talked about it. Like, Ryan community is, quote, surviving. Uh David, we, you know, I'm not going to get into David's personal finances, but like Kachi is partnering with David and David is giving work to other people because he's like, you know, I've got Kachi, like it's okay, we're going to be fine. This is where I actually, the biggest thing I learned on this trip is the heart that that guy has. It's unreal. Like, I like to think that I'm a good person at times, but that guy surpasses me light years. And what do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. So Kachi didn't do well last year, right? <laughs> he don't say. Yeah. Um, so we uh, to get a little into the a little into the the heart of uh, of what we do. So yeah, Kachi didn't do well. We didn't have much money 
except for personal finances to give to Ryan community. And really no one was in Ryan community because everyone left to try to get jobs. And, uh, the, the, a lot of the people in Ryan either like worked on uh, hikes or they were farmers and farming kind of slowed down. And uh, what do you do in the situation when you're, when your logistics departments completely shut down, you can't transfer food. So, uh, David who hasn't worked almost a year, right? He's living off of what he's saved. I mean, first off, I'm like proud to be David's friend, right? And to be part totally. of David's family, as he says, because I'm like, the guy made this decision to, to save money um, so aggressively to be able to survive a wave like this. And uh, I told him, I was like, yeah, I mean, this taught us a very valuable lesson where we're, we were a new company. We weren't making a ton of revenue in general, if anything. We all have day jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, nonetheless, David spent his own money in Ryan community to give gifts and clothes. Like he, he, he worked, he, Carmen, uh, his wife worked with local families to get as many t-shirts and pairs of pants and shoes and things nice. like that to give to the kids. But like he had these goodie bags and like, and I'm looking at him I'm like, dude, how much does this cost? Like, what do you need? Like, let's talk about it. So we, we kept, we had a lot of conversations about like what David needed and what his family needed, things like that. And, and things are, things are great. Um, we'll just say that. Uh, but when I was talking with Frank on the way up to Machu Picchu, you know, I said, David, I said, David is so proud of Kachi. <clears throat> and and Frank said, we really we really struck the jackpot, man, when it comes to David. Uh, he said about David something that I didn't get to tell David, um, but it's those things that when people talk about you behind your back in a way that is so positive, it's like, wow, that person, you know, I, I'm going to just kind of tell you what he said. Basically he said, David cares so much about Kachi, but David cares so much about people. He's so proud. Mm-hmm. He is so proud to wear Kachi shirts. I mean, the guy didn't wear a damn shirt the entire time I was there that didn't have Kachi on it. Um, he uh, he gave the trip to his brother. The whole entire Educating with Kachi trip gave to his brother to do. And uh, just the generosity, the big brother mentality that he has, even though he has an older brother, his heart and just who he is as an individual is just, yeah, I mean, I guess from a patience perspective and a heart perspective, I can only dream to be as compassionate as that guy is like the way that he, he handles things and the way Carmen handles things and Carmen's upbringing. And there's some stuff that, uh, you know, I got to ask if we can mention on the podcast about Carmen's upbringing, but like unbelievable, just this, this family, what they've gone through. We're, we're not even talking about COVID right now. So I apologize. But, um, if you get a chance to meet David, please do. If you're, if you go to Peru, like it, it, even if you just say, Hey, I, I want to get coffee with the guy. We'll ask him if he's available. <laughs> Because he's he's just a a happy go lucky guy. Which we I want to do a podcast about culture because most Peruvians, you know, uh, Mexi- uh Excuse me, Marco is is Mexican, and uh, he had his own Your thoughts brother. about Peruvian. Mar- yeah, 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 Marco, Mar- my brother. He had his own thoughts about Peruvians and how like cold shouldered a lot of them are. And David like acknowledged that mm-hmm. and re- and told him how it took him years to be this happy. Huh go lucky guy that he is because he realized that Americans aren't that way. And it was just super interesting. Huh. This time with David, I spent more time with him than I, than I ever have. And it was very educational. Um, getting back on COVID. So we're not derailing completely. Uh, the train dead, Vista Dome completely dead. No fashion show, Crazy. nothing like that. Not serving food. Uh, the experience of what you would think to experience during COVID. Just imagine everything's, everything's just different. Shut down early. All the hikes were closed. We couldn't do the Inca Trail, which we really wanted to do. Um, yeah, it was, it was a big bummer. Um, there were some letdowns, but there were some also like real big benefits because things were closed and we got to see things that most people wouldn't see 
because there was just not a lot of regulation, I guess. A lot of things that weren't there. Sure. So it was like pros and cons. If you go during COVID, I'd recommend going again in the future when all this stuff settles down. Uh, if you haven't gone during COVID, well, I'd wait till the quarantine stops and then maybe think about it. But, you know, obviously you're taking a risk with traveling during uh, a pandemic. Go figure. Right. And right. I'm, I'm sure I'll get flack for this, uh, for, for traveling during a pandemic. But, you know, it was, it was a great experience. I'm very thankful for it. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Oh, yeah. Hell. Sometimes you'd walk into a place and they would literally have a weed sprayer pump, like a big one Dang. on the back, the back one. Yeah. They'd spray you down. They would like spray you, you down. as a person. You as a person. What was in it? What was in this? Like you know the stuff that you put in your hands, like whatever it's called, uh, like Purell or whatever. Yeah, crazy. But like a spray. But so oh, I can just imagine walking into Kroger or or you know McDonald's and somebody spraying you. Someone spraying me at the door. Yeah, no, that's what, that's exactly what's <laughs> oh, happening. Oh, um, yeah, when we we drove into Chive, Chive or Chive, I think it's Chive. Uh, it's a city where you can go and look at condors uh, up in the mountains. Um, pretty interesting little town, actually. It's it's actually the biggest canyon. I think Chivet is in Colca Canyon. I'm pretty sure it's in Colca Canyon, and, and it's a part, excuse me, of Colca Canyon. Anyways, we are driving in there. They had pumps spraying down the cars. Hmm. Not you as a person, the cars. Huh. I, yeah, I mean, we don't do that here. <laughs> From a healthcare perspective, do you think that that's beneficial? I mean, honestly, I, I'm not up to date on if it's staying on vehicles or or what what surfaces it it stays on. Um, I think the last I heard that it, it's more airborne, um, right, rather than surface based. But, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just different. I mean, you know, it's, they're they're a lot more strict than we are in the the U.S. Yeah. Um, they are. Uh, you know, because of this, I didn't I didn't go to a casino to play craps. I really wanted to do that. Um, <laughs> I did get to go to Mido, which yeah, nice. we're gonna have a whole episode on that. You want to talk about? We talked about Central on this episode on this podcast. Nope, Mido is where it's at. Like that is the <laughs> best restaurant I've ever been to. So amazing, such good food. Uh, but all in all, great trip. Made it back safely. When you when I came back, it was like a culture shock due to how things are being handled. I mean, when I was there too, it felt like the world was ending in the states. The capital got bombarded. You know, yeah. all this like crazy shit was going on. I I didn't think that we would have peaceful. Um, what's the word? Succession? Would that be transfer of power? Transfer of power. Like it was. It was. It was chaos, man. I was like. Shit, dude, I hope I can get back to the country. Like, what's going on, right? <laughs> um, Lima was no nightlife. Restaurants were very unique. A lot of places were closed. Uh, barber shops only had one barber in it, and it was like a one person in the room at a time. However, restaurants were operating kind of looked like normal at times, if I'm going to be honest. Sure. Um, the food still was great. A lot of great places. Uh, I didn't get to see Daniela due to COVID. Sure. She... Uh, I'm not too sure of the whole situation, but she got exposed to somebody, got tested, tested negative, but they were still saying they weren't going to go out. Then I ended up seeing on Instagram that they were still out <laughs> eating food. I was like, <laughs> you little punks. Like, um, and then she was like, oh, come out. And I'm like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> I don't want to risk getting potentially COVID. Um, all in all, great trip. A lot of very, I'm sure like more differences will come out as we kind of talk about it, but Similar to the states too, right? Like a lot of the big cities were handling it very aggressively, whereas the rural areas, it's almost like it didn't even exist. Right. And it wasn't a thing. Um, so 
Yeah, that's the, I guess it's the start of the podcast of like 23 episodes that we could potentially do based off this trip. Hopefully this is like somewhat insightful. If I could give any recommendations out the gate, don't get a shitty face mask. Uh, get one that ventilates <laughs> because otherwise it fogs up. That part sucks. Um, don't, you know, we, we, the temperature stuff is happening everywhere. They're taking your temperature before you enter in buildings. I don't know if that's helpful, but they do take higher precautions. Uh, the healthcare system I'm not too familiar with in Peru. I'm not either. So I have no idea if I could tell you that it's like, you know, if you get COVID, you're going to be fine or bad. Everything really just depends on you as an individual. Um, be smart. Take a PCR test. Obviously, before you go, you have to anyways. But you can do the for Peru. You can do the rapid as well. Sure. So that's yeah, that's yeah. an option. Rapid or the PCR. Yeah. Whichever. So yeah, um, and now there's a 14-day quarantine that may change, so just be aware of that. Uh, but I don't know, a part of me, selfishly, I, I feel like I say selfishly because I know that people are very like anti-do-anything-right-now-during-COVID, right? Right. Um, but selfishly, I'm going to be honest, I think traveling during this time gives you a different perspective of how the rest of the world handles situations like this. Sure. So yeah. I feel like I got an education that I got some education on this trip that I don't think anybody ever in their entire lives will be able to get. For sure. That's probably the easiest way to explain it. Um, I don't know if I did it the right way. I, I still don't know. Like I, I hope I don't get a lot of hate mail for this because we know we get some hate mail once in a while. But here's the thing: everyone's got an opinion on no matter which way you do something, you're you're gonna get some hate mail. Right. And That's then you're going to get some love mail too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it definitely, um, from education side, I was very, very educational, uh, from that angle. And it really, the time that I spent there, I spent about a month. It was like 27 days or something like that. But, um, I learned a lot about Peru. I learned a lot about the culture. I learned a lot about the political system. I learned a lot about, uh, beliefs and opinions of the United States. And I got to see a lot of cool things that then talk about and experience and things that I think are overrated things that aren't under are underrated and um yeah i'm excited to talk about it all so cool any questions Mm-mm. cool no. well yeah. that's it if you got any questions about covid19 and traveling to peru obviously feel free to reach out to us check out the peru tips for travelers uh excuse me check out peru tips for travelers facebook group yeah and uh that thing seems to be popping off right now uh, and if you've got any questions, like I said, email us, we're down to help and safe travels, be healthy out there. Review us on the podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll read your, we'll read your review. Yeah. We haven't gotten any lately, Subscribe. but we also haven't been putting out any content. So well, we got that one email a couple months back. It wasn't on the actual, on the actual podcast, but we got that one email. Was it a good email? Oh no. No, it was a bad email. <laughs> they didn't like me. They didn't like us. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> explicit rating right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the kind of the perspective we're taking to is we're just going to kind of be who we are and not be remorseful for it. We're learning a lot. There's a cat at the window. We're going to learn a lot about, uh, about this country, this beautiful place that we know and love. And hopefully if you don't like us, you share the belief that you care about the place that we've been to and that we have big passions for. We love Peru. We may not represent in the best way possible every single time, uh, but I feel like I got a pretty good grasp, especially now, on what's going on down there and um, the people and the culture. And, you know, all I can say is 
I care about it a lot too. So if you care a lot about it and you're mad at me, at least you care about it. <laughs> so um, that's about it. Look at that cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a wonderful day. Be on the lookout for the next podcast and uh, more coming at you. A lot of great photos, videos, stuff like that coming too, uh, which will hopefully help uh, sell this story about what we experienced. And, um, awesome. Yeah. Pumped. Yeah. Pumped to hear more. Thanks, guys. Y'all be good. Take care. Happy travels.